Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and lore. And today we're going to talk about the insectoids. The very bizarre aliens that seem to appear like praying mantis-like creatures from our planet. Now, these creatures have been in stories that date back to the cave drawings and cave paintings uh, from 27,000 years ago, you know, 30,000 years ago, um, from Australia, um, as well as other parts of the globe. So, <clears throat> the cave paintings I'm specifically referring to show a reptilian, or not reptilian, I'm sorry, a insectoid-like head. So it has an insectoid-like praying mantis-like head with the big black eyes, but the tapered nose that kind of looks like an ant head um, or a praying mantis, and it shows a couple of these individuals uh, or these entities trying to capture a human and bring it into a UFO craft. Now, if that isn't interesting enough, I don't know what is, but that is, it's super cool, super interesting to see that it's not just the greys. There's all forms of different aliens. So, <clears throat> what what are these insectoids, and how do they relate in the global or the intergalactic balance of, you know, aliens and, and interactions in total? Um, <clears throat> you don't hear a lot of abductees reporting the insectoids being part of the process. However, there are a decent amount, uh, and you can find them. You know, most abductee stories talk about the small greys or maybe even Nordics, but there's a fair percentage, and I, I don't know what that percentage is. If I were to give it a guess, I'd say maybe 15%, maybe 20% of abductee stories refer to beings that are either taller than the three-foot greys or exactly like the praying mantis and what they seem to be is basically the leader or basically the doctor of the abductee event um, they seem to have higher knowledge they seem to be in charge they seem to have a leadership role so what i did was i tried to explore a little bit further try to find a little bit more information about these insectoids and maybe find some people who had information on them so i looked up an article on Eufolic and found something pretty decent. Um, it has some uh, individuals who were abducted or have constant ongoing telepathic communication with uh, the mantis beings. So I'll talk about them momentarily here. So where do these things come from? And do we have any idea as to what part of the galaxy they came from? Do we know, you know, any history on them? Do we have uh, an idea of their height, uh, weight, uh, interest uh, <laughs> in the human culture? Well, let's take a look here. Uh, there's been many witness reports and abduction testimonials. We know that. Um, and they seem to have, these uh, insectoids seem to have a pretty high place in the chain of command uh, in any abduction case. We know that. We've heard that they can range from 9 to 12 feet tall. Um, 
12 feet seems to be about the highest we've heard of um, that they communicate telepathically um, that they seem to have a higher form of intellect and and a methodology of healing individuals. There have been reports of abductees who have been healed by insectoids merely by the insectoid putting its hand on their head and it seemed to allow the individual to calm and to heal some of their physical ailments. Some have reported that they've come back with uh, healed heart conditions and uh, healed lung conditions after these abduction events. So obviously they have some form, higher form of uh, uh, technology, healing technology, and uh, maybe there's something we can learn from them. Um, so they are bipedal. Um, they have long, narrow faces, um, long, black, kind of like oval teardrop-shaped eyes. They have thin, delicate torsos uh, that bring them one step closer to the praying mantis where we lent its, our, lent its name. Um, do they have antennae? There seems to be some confliction about actual antennae on the uh, praying mantis-like or insectoid-like creatures. Um, and there's several, several theories to explain the nature and origins of this mantis alien. So let's explore those. Some UFO researchers believe that the insect-like creature uh, gives it a clue about their origins. Uh, they cite that they've probably been in evolution for a long time, um, probably millions, if not longer, of years, um, that they are an ultimately highly intelligent life form. And if we look at our own earthly insects, the oldest insect fossil is estimated to be over 400 million years old. 400 million just on Earth. So if you think about the, the wide scheme of things, I mean, these things could have been involved on another planet for billions of years. Um, so that's something to think about. And I mean, if we think about, you know, <laughs> um, dinosaurs that were supposedly here 65 million years ago, um, and these fossils are 400 million years old, it, it just lends itself to how old the insectoids could really be. Um, sorry about the break, guys. I have my own little uh, humanoids that try to get my attention as well. So what's really interesting is some ufologists theorize that insectoids or insects had evolved underground during the, the mass extinction event and they were able to splice their own DNA with dinosaurs and that they created their own species underground after this mass extinction event and are actually from earthly origins. Now, that's just one theory. Uh, do I believe that? I, I think I tend to believe that they come from another planet. So we'll move on to a, a new theory um, and some of the individuals who are actually in communication with these uh, creatures. Um, so the other people that disagree uh, claim that the mantis aliens evolved elsewhere in the universe. They just happened to stumble upon Earth millions of years ago and kept their eyes on it ever since. And so this seems to be a bit more plausible, you know, overall. Um, 
at least to me, because they just seem to be so highly advanced and to evolve in underground cities, I you know, it it's possible and given their insect like, you know, appearance, insects do live underground. They might have evolved underground here, but they could have evolved underground in other other solar systems, right? Because if the solar system is too hot, they're going to go underground. They're going to survive underground. They're not going to be above ground like we are here where it's a moderate temperature. So it does make sense. Um, <clears throat> so moving forward, uh, insectoids abduct humans aboard UFOs, right? And they still seem to operate underground facilities. We, see, we hear a lot of abductees getting pulled into underground bases underneath the uh, the oceans that we have on the planet Earth, so they're still living underground. They're still underneath these huge water basin basins or underneath the oceans, um, and still living in these underground facilities. They don't have a need to live where the sun is and to absorb the vitamin D like we do. So that's really interesting. So moving on to this individual who claims that she's in communication with. Uh, these insectoid-like creatures. Um, her name is Amar Amaria, A-M-A-R-I-A-H, Amaria, uh, and she states that she's been in telepathic communication with mantis beings for some time, and that these aliens actually originated in the Sombrero Galaxy. Right, Sombrero, like the hat, which is super cool. I wish I came from the Sombrero Galaxy. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's a spiral galaxy that's three times smaller than the Milky Way. It's located approximately 28 million light years from Earth, and it's in the constellation Virgo. So 28, light year, 28 million light years from Earth. So that means it takes a lot of time to get here. <laughs> so she, she states, Amaria states, um, that Mantis beings told her that they evolved on an insect planet several hundred million years ago and were one of the first species in our universe to develop advanced self-awareness. So what this is saying is that they are one of the very first in the entire universe to develop advanced self-awareness. So what is advanced self-awareness? I have I wonder because I think most creatures are aware of their existence. Um, you know, they seem to have, a, you know, conscious capabilities. Um, you know, even cows, you know, when they're led to slaughter, they cry, right? We know that. We know that they have emotions, you know. So she states that they developed the use for tools uh, in unison. They became highly sensitive to sound and light and its reflection in colors. They used this special heightened awareness and became highly advanced in the connection and use of frequencies to change their environment and to communicate with each other and their surroundings. So that's a, that's a really loaded, packed paragraph. So let's, let's break that down. Um, they developed the use of tools, but in unison they became highly sensitive to sound light and reflections and colors so you know what we know is there's technology out there that relies on light right we have fiber optics so they probably became aware of fiber optics pretty early on uh, colors have different 
emotions attached to them. So if they use certain colors, they could have developed their their knowledge and their understanding of the universe very quickly um, if given the right circumstances. Uh, they used this special heightened awareness and became highly advanced in connection and used the frequencies to change their environment and to communicate with each other. So they used frequencies to become higher ascended beings. And now, what do we know about frequencies? Well, we know that frequencies can alter mood, right? If you guys have done any experience in researching binaural beats, they can alter your mood and they can assist you in falling asleep faster, um, facilitating different mental states um, from theta, alpha, beta, uh, and delta brain waves. They can facilitate the change in that so they can change your mood. So they can make you sleepy, they can make you calm, they can hype you up. So we know that that's a potential. So the only problem is, is that we haven't really fully grasped, grasped it and utilize that in our culture. So I think once we develop the our capabilities and our technologies for using light, vibration, um, and other parts of zero-point energy, which is the ambient energy field all around us, there's an energy field that we can tap into uh, that's been reported. Once we accomplish this, I think we'll be better off as far as our defensive capabilities, and we'll be much closer to these heightened, ascended alien species. That's where we need to focus our energies on, and it seems like we're focusing our, our energies on different things um, that are keeping us unascended, you know, technologically, and maybe even spiritually. Um, so, moving forward, um, another interesting glimpse into the world of the Mantis aliens is provided by the artist and abductee David Huggins. So, he's an artist and abductee, and he's described many of his encounters with insectoid, extraterrestrials, and various other hybrids in a book called Love in an Alien Purgatory. Man, I love that title. Love in an Alien Purgatory. That's a loaded statement right there. Uh, and as the title suggests, Huggins was involved in a lot of hybrid, hybridization experiments aboard extraterrestrial craft, captained by none other than the mantis beings that all also oversaw the experiments that took place on these craft. And what's really interesting about David Huggins is he's been abducted since he was 17 years old when he lost his virginity to an alien. Now, what's really interesting with Huggins, as well as the, the insectoid um, portion of the story, he's also seen gray aliens about, uh, aboard the ships with the insectoids. What's even more fascinating is in my last podcast, I talked about the aerial school aliens, which were totally different than any other alien I had ever heard of before, that were more of like the rock star-like aliens, I like to, I like to say, and <clears throat> they had similar features to a gray, but the primary difference was they had long black flowing hair, so they looked 
somewhat similar in the, in the fact that they had like these black wraparound eyes, but they were a little bit taller, and they had this black flowing hair. I've never heard that in any other story with greys. So that, that fact really differentiates and separates the story. Now, he, David also saw that same alien aboard the ships with the insectoid creatures. So it just expands our knowledge of the alien universe. And when we're talking about insectoids on the ship, he reports that he's been abducted over 20 times by the time he was 18. So from 17 to 18, he got abducted 20 times. That's crazy. Now, over his lifespan, he's about 74 now, he's been abducted over 200 times, and he has reported to be able to give permission from the aliens to paint his encounters with them and share his uh, experiences with the world, which seems interesting because most of the time aliens don't want us to have any idea what's going on. They're very mysterious and they don't, they want to cover up every abduction event. So that's really interesting. And he also reports that he has given or has fathered, I should say, um, 17 hybrided children. Uh, with the gray slash insectoid like creatures and they allow him to interact with them to give them love to share his emotion with them and that seems to be a really important portion of the hybridization program is that we have to give them love we have to give them emotion we have to have connection because without that apparently they'll die and not flourish um, and not advance and grow so that just goes to show you you know, how important the bond between our genetic material, our, our fathers, our mothers, really truly is, not just on a biological level, but on an on a emotional, spiritual, um, evolutionary level to ascend to be mentally, emotionally, physically better, we have to have that connection to our genetic, biological parents. Um, so that's really interesting because you know, they could take anybody, right? They could take any any parent and try to nurture them. But what we found out through abductees reports is that they ha it has to be the parent. It can't be just any random human. It has to be the actual parent giving them love. So we have this connection, this soul connection between our children and ourselves or ourselves and our parents that's really, really super important. And the aliens, you know, some of these aliens are showing us that. So that's really fascinating. But what ships do, do the insectoids fly versus the reptilians versus the greys? We, we haven't had definitive information on that. So we don't know if they're flying the triangle craft. We don't know if they're flying the cylindrical craft. Um, we don't know what actual craft they're flying definitively yet. Um, the cylindrical craft, we've had reports that those are the Nordics, um, or the ones that look, you know, most like humans. Um, so could it be that the insectoids are flying the triangle craft? It could be. Could they be flying a totally different craft that we just haven't seen because we've always, the abductees have always been inside of it? That might be more, more likely and more per pertinent. I think it's really interesting that as we move forward, with more abductee stories and more information about what they are willing to divulge, we're going to find out more and more about these guys. Why? My questions are, why don't they utilize some sort of 
shape-shifting technology, you know, to mask themselves, to maybe allow themselves to look like us while they're doing the abductions to reduce the fear. Um, they must be so confident in their capabilities to mask our memories of them that they 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 don't care. <laughs> they, they don't care enough because they obviously have to have technology to be able to 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 mask themselves. I would assume, um, given their advanced technology, um, you know, why do they? Why have we seen them wearing certain cloaks? We've heard stories about cloaks that they wear. These like black hooded cloaks. One report shows them wearing an amulet that gave not only healing properties but also weaponization properties they were able to defend themselves with this amulet that they were wearing around their neck uh, we've heard stories of them wearing different outfits uh, other than the black capes that give them different properties different capabilities so they obviously have different technologies they utilize them in different ways and they're still you still performing experiments through the nose, according to reports, grabbing, uh, you know, whatever they're grabbing. Maybe they're implanting us with tracking technology. We've heard reports of different implants being extracted from individuals. Um, and they're, they're tracking us. They're, they're watching us. They're utilizing our genetic material. So they're not unlike other alien species. And according to the report from one of the really deep inside whistleblowers and, and one of my previous podcasts, I had talked about um, the Galactic Federation's grand plan, um, and it's a genetic farming plan, and that the insectoids are part of this group of Galactic Federation uh, alien Alliance. They have about 200 species on this super federation, they call it. Um, and the insectoids seem to have a pretty high role in the super federation. So these guys aren't just some newbies, you know, Johnny come lately. They, these guys are pretty solidified in this super federation that is reported to be able to monitor um, our neck of the woods, our universal neck of the woods, so to speak, according to uh, one of these really deep inside government whistleblowers. So who are the insectoids? How long have they been around? Are they in the sombrero galaxy? Uh, what do they want with us? Um, are they trying to continue their lineage through these this hybridization program, just like all these other aliens are? Are they just doing experiments to see how how great a, a new species they can develop? Is it really important for them, or is it just a side project? What's the end goal of this hybridization program, and what's the, what's the ultimate goal of the insectoids? Still, we have many questions, and still they're not being answered, but we continue to ask questions, and we, we continue to try to find the truth. So anyway, I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves, you know, focusing on your mental health, your physical health uh, during these times, taking care of your family, focusing on your hobbies and goals, and continue to question the world around you. There's so many questions that we have, and <laughs> there's so much information out there that, um, you know, we, we're really trying to narrow down, you know, what's the truth and what's not, and find out 
what our part in this universe really is. So until next time, Lockdown Universe out.